Okay, hi, my name is Katie Lewis. Uh, this is the Katie Lewis podcast where I interview others about uh, just meaningful experiences in their lives and advice that they have to share. And today I am joined by my good friend Candace Jones. Yay! Hi! <laughs> hi, Candace. Thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. Um, Candace is the owner and creator of the Jones Market, which makes comfortable and versatile handmade jewelry. That's perfect for mamas and pretty for all. And you can follow her on Instagram at the Jones Market or shop her website at thejonesmarket.com. She's married to Drew Jones. They have two kids, Wesley and Drew Ellen, and their sweet little dog, Scouty, and they live in Columbus, Ohio. Is That's that, right. Is that all accurate? Anything you want to add? That is all accurate. Scout is right here on my lap. My kids are sleeping in their beds. Yes, husband is out with friends. Good day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, okay, let's just jump right into it. So, Candace, we're going to be talking a lot today about creativity. Would you start by just telling us what creativity is to you and how we can recognize it in our lives? For sure. So creativity to me is how I live my days, I would say. I think with my kids, I use creativity with, um, and not, I'm not just saying like, oh, we do finger paints together, we do this or that, but just in, in creativity in the way that I um, speak with them or talk to them or schedule our day. I feel like um, to me, creativity isn't just being artistic necessarily, being creative or creativity in my life um, has to do with the way I spend my time and the way I see the world. And so, you know, instead of going through my day and kind of losing track of the details of the day, um, I, I generally try to make it a point to see what's around me, and I feel like that is um, where creativity begins. So I would say that, like, when I take my son to school, when, um, you know, we're listening to music on the radio, I'm just, I'm very specific about the things that I choose to listen to, the things that I choose to look at. And the way we choose to spend our days. And it all feels very creative to me. Um, whether or not it includes paint or clay. You know, and I, and I know that it's not really fleshing that out that well. But I guess what I'm saying is life, to me, is creative. And um, it's kind of like a way of honing the way that you look at things in your life. Where you kind of clear out the mundane that you think it's mundane. You know, people say that live near the mountains or live near the beach that after the first little bit of time they wake up and they see the mountain and it's no big deal anymore and I, I guess for me especially living in a place that doesn't have a mountain or the beach you know you're, you're trained for me I, I, I feel like I've been trained living in this area to look for it to look for the beauty and so that's more or less I would say what creativity is in my life would it be fair to say that you know because this is something that I've seen you do a lot as your friend and being around you while you're being a mom and a wife that to not just see that beauty, but to magnify it and and really live in that beauty and, you know, make it as beautiful and, you know, as much more beautiful as you can possibly make it. Um, yeah. The, yeah, because creativity to me, it, it it's never, it doesn't ever feel like a lonely thing. It always feels like it has to include other people or it has to draw them in or it has to bring out something in them. Yeah, so let's say it's being creative about a party I'm throwing. I, th I think about all the things, 
all the senses in that. So I'm thinking about, well, what's it going to smell like there? And how will that make people feel? What's it, what's the music going to be like? And how will that, you know, all of the things, where will people sit? And will we make sure that we have enough seats where people feel comfortable? And that to me is creativity. So then it draws people in to be able to be comfortable. And then, then in them, their best selves can come out or their best selves can relax and find those same things that I'm able to find. That's like my that. hope. I like that. And I, and I know that, you know, I've personally seen you do this with the items that you create for your brand too, that, that I know, because I know you personally, I know that you spend a lot of time thinking about like, this is pretty, but how is it going to make someone feel like, are they going to be comfortable in it? Physically comfortable and socially comfortable or are they going to feel like it makes them beautiful and so I know that's a big part of what you do business-wise but I've also seen you do it like as a mom and a wife and a friend thanks yeah I mean that's exactly what I think about a lot of times where it comes from the designs come from is it's interesting that most of the time when I come up with a design idea it's weird the things that are inspiring to me it's usually not like I'm looking at I mean, almost never am I looking at other necklaces or other jewelry. Almost always, it starts off with, I would say, honestly, music. So if I'm listening to music or an album or a new song or an old song or something that inspires me, it it puts me in a place of, like, I don't know. Like, you know how a lot of times musicians, they're playing a role, you know? And what is that role? What are they? Where are they? Who are they? Uh, and I, and I feel that, like I, I take away from that music and say like, what would I wear? What do I want to wear when I listen to this music or how does it make me feel or anyway? And then that transpires into like colors or it's weird how it works, but I would say, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it kind of puts you in a mood, makes yes. you want to like dress a certain yes. way and act a certain way and like yeah. maybe more fun or more moody or like, I, I get yeah. that. I get that. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Yeah. And then also another thing is. And I think a lot of people say this nature, but for me, mostly in nature, it wouldn't be like trees or flowers, although those are beautiful, but really um, animals, and specifically with this spring line, it's been birds. <laughs> there's just like so many amazing colored birds out there, and there's this, and, I, and I'm not going to remember the Instagram account, but there's, a, there's this account that they just take pictures of these gorgeous birds, and the colors that contrast with each other or blend beautifully together I guess, I mean, lately, especially I think for spring, has really been inspiring to me. And not even necessarily that I'm copying the color patterns, but it just brings something to life in me that makes me then want to take what I have and make it into something beautiful, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, and I remember you talking about, I think it was your fall line for 2015, wasn't one of the necklaces. I I remember you saying, I think that one of the necklaces was inspired by, like, Indian corn. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That same like kind a of whole feel. Trio of those. Yeah. You know that obviously it wasn't like if I saw someone no. I'd think, oh, you know what that looks like? That looks like Indian corn. But right. but it was fun to know the inspiration behind it for you, and sort yeah. of like get a feel into that creative process. Yeah, that was really fun. Fall was great. I loved that. Um, yeah. So I would say creativity to me would be just the the sum of your days. Really, it's the sum of your days and coming to a place within yourself that you're not blocking out what's around you. That's what's already around you, what's already beautiful, what's already speaking to you. But opening up your heart to say, give it to me. (laughs) You know, like, whatever is happening here, I want some of it. And I want to 
then take whatever that is, put it through me, and have it come out something that's me, you know, because we all are so different. We all have these experiences. We all have different families and different circumstances, different ways of seeing the world, different things we love. And when you take, you know, when you can soak up what's around you and then put out something of yourself, I think that's creativity. That's perfect. I love that. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Okay, Candice, will you tell us a little bit about your creative journey? Have you always considered yourself a creative person? Yeah, I would say so. And, And I would be interested to hear anybody that started out as a child and didn't think they were creative, honestly. Yeah, I would definitely say that I always thought I was creative. And um, I, it was fostered really well. My mom was really creative. She, uh, in the way where she drew, like she drew pictures just, you know, for fun with us. Um, one of the earliest memories I have is we would, I would come home from school on the bus. I was probably at second, probably second grade. And she would have purchased a ton of craft supplies and it would be all out on the kitchen table. And she would have, I mean, you know, when you're that little to have this entire plan for you when you get home was just awesome. And she, and she called it like craft club or something. So I would get to have kids ride home, you know, friends of mine ride home on the bus with me and they would all come over and we'd make this thing together. So that was one thing that I, I, she just was really good at fostering it. Another part that I saw in her that was really creative was she would just move furniture on the house all of the time. I do that now myself, but she, and, and just the way she's, she's an interior designer now, but you know, when I was growing up, she just did it because it was in her. And anyway, I, I guess I just saw that there was importance in things being a certain way. There was an importance in expressing yourself. And I felt that I felt like I had something to give and, and I did, you know, I think, I mean, just from elementary school on up, I was, I wasn't just involved in art my mom put me in art classes when I was I was in kindergarten I think and I took an art class this is actually a really funny story she couldn't find a kid's art class and so she found this art class at a common it was called common space and I took an art class with adults so they they were like these young adults and then we had this teacher his name was Martin I remember his name I was probably five his name was Martin and I remember that I was kind of just this you know, they loved me because I was five years old and this tiny little girl and there was all these people, you know, older kids. And so it was wonderful. I remember seeing the stuff they were drawing, seeing the que- hearing the questions they would ask. Um, and they were taken seriously. And it was important. It was important that they were doing it to them. It was important to the teacher. And um, I'll never forget one time I was, I was drawing, I would erase so much. So I would draw something and I would erase, 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 erase. And I was erasing so much that I was making holes in my paper. And I remember Martin came around and he said, you know, I used to do that. And then I realized that sometimes even when you make a mistake, you can just go with that mistake. And it makes something that you wouldn't have expected. And I'd never heard any, you know, I was five. <laughs> but, I, I, but I never, ever forgot it because from there on, that's how I did everything. Because he was so smart to me and I looked up to him so much. And, and, and that's how I do everything now. I mean... I don't like having a big budget. I don't like, I don't like, I feel like that's limiting to me because there's too many possibilities. Like I want, the whole way I started the Jones Market was with stuff I had on hand that I didn't plan to use for this purpose. 
and I love that. Like, that's just how I, I love to do things. It's more inspiring to me to be challenged in that way than to not. Yeah, so then from childhood, you know, I, I was the kid that took every art class you could. By the time I was a senior, I think I took, like, two regular academic classes, and the rest was art classes. <laughs> um, I was just into it. You know, if, the, if somebody needed a T-shirt design for something, I was doing it for them. Um, and along with that, I also did musical theater, and I mean, I also, you know, played sports and did that stuff too, but, and I found all of it, I mean, I found all of it really inspiring and creative. And so when it came time for college, I honestly, there was nothing else I could have done. I mean, I thought through all of the options, and I just, it was like, I have, it's going to be, it's going to be something artistic. But I know that I have to make money. So that's really how I went into graphic design. And I'm really thankful I did. It's like, you know, you have to make these huge decisions as a 17 or 18-year-old. And you just kind of, like, jump and hope. And I think for a lot of us, it ends up being good. It ends up like we jumped. And it's, you know, maybe that's not what we're doing today. But you learn something along the way. And um, I definitely use my education all of the time. So, yeah, so I did graphic design. That turned into, you know, I designed for a handful of years for different, I, you know, corp, I did corporate design and I did small business design. And then that led up to me starting the business, more or less. Okay, so Candace, what opportunities has creativity opened to you throughout your life? I know you run your business. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got there and, you know, how just the process of learning to be creative and embracing being creative throughout your life led you to a point where you were ready to take sure. on your business. Yeah. So like I said before, I was designing and then I got pregnant with my son. And as for as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be able to be home with my kids. And so when I got pregnant, my husband and I decided that we would kind of redo the budget, and I would I would quit my job, and I would stay home um, while our children were, you know, in the baby toddler years. And it, I was so thankful for that. I was willing to, you know, live very, very, very simply to do it. And um, so in that process, what, what ended up happening is just unexpected expenses. Um, we had our furnace go out. We had, I mean, just like you know, house expenses, plus things that you don't think about when you have a baby. I mean, something as simple as a car seat, because they grew, and you're like, I don't have an extra $150 in the budget to do that, you know, and so they're just things that kept coming up. So we ended up going into debt, and, and it was becoming significant, and, you know, I've never had, I've never been, you know, we, I didn't grow up with money, I've never ever, you know, gone to the store and just not looked at tags and bought stuff, you know, I've always known that you, you spend wisely and um, sometimes you go without all of that stuff. So I wasn't afraid to go without, but now that we had a baby and all that, I was more nervous. So anyway, I had been told for years, I mean, I've just with the different things that I do, just people had said, you should, you should open a shop or, you know, you should do this or that. And Nothing had ever pulled on me so much that I'd been like, yeah, I love this. I love drawing these little things. I'm going to open a shop. Even though I did love doing it, it just, there wasn't that push. And, and I think 
what the push needed to be for me personally was desperation, honestly. I was, we were desperate. We were desperate. So it was either I go back to work and give half my income to a sitter. I get a nights and weekends job doing nights and weekends type of work. Or I start up some sort of business on my own. And I have a friend, Elizabeth Ivy. She runs um, Ivy Baby, a great business. And she had been doing it already for, I think, at least a year at that point. And um, she encouraged me and just said, you need to do it this weekend, this weekend. I had nothing. I didn't have a logo. I didn't, I mean, I knew I had a product, but at that point they weren't even baby friendly. I had made these necklaces because I didn't have enough money to give people Christmas gifts. (laughs) So anyway, all that to say, I listened to her and I just did it. And she kind of, I kind of borrowed courage from her at that point and did it. And I, I mean, you know, thankfully from the support of friends and, and just good people, I had sales right away. Um, and I had been writing a blog for years before that. And so I had a, a modest following with my writing and, and they supported me right away. And yeah, so that kind of turned into the Jones market today. And it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been an amazing journey. Um, so I would say creativity has opened up that, you know, just a way for me to provide for my family, a way for us to get out of debt. You know, we were in so much debt and it was hard. Will you tell us a little bit about that debt? Because I've heard you talk before about what it was like writing that final check to pay off that debt. Will you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, to back up, when I started the business, we didn't, obviously we were in debt. We didn't have any extra money. We were actually in the red, $800 a month. So there was $800 a month that we needed that we did not have. So that was my goal. That was my very first goal was make $800 more a month so we can stop going into debt. Um, So when I started the business, I needed all of these supplies and, you know, just simple things, packaging. And so we used one week's worth of grocery money, which was a big deal to us, you know. I had a baby. There was the two of us. We didn't have grocery money for the week. So I remember, I remember thinking and praying, I hope that people invite us over for dinner this week. <laughs> I mean, that was real. And so, you know, fast forward, I, I think it was two years in, I was making enough money to fill in the gap at $800. And then some, we were able to move out of a really scary neighborhood without going into details. It was very scary to live there. Um, and we moved into a great neighborhood, a safe neighborhood with great schools. Um, you know, our house is modest and, and things like that, but it's like just living in a safe place has been amazing. We have a safe car now. We used to drive just really scary cars. So anyway, there's been a lot of big things. But then on top of all of that, I, I, I paid off the debt. And I can't tell you what that – I mean, I cried. I cried because I didn't – I really thought – I would be paying it off for years and years to come, and I would be paying not only the debt, but the interest on that debt. And so to be able to pay it off was a huge moment for me. It was a it was a milestone for me, for sure. I bet. Yeah, thank you. I think that's really powerful to be able to hear. And, you know, to be able to hear that I think so often in our culture, we we hear creativity and we think like, oh, yeah, go paint something. Sure. And I think like more often than not it gets sort of shoved under the rug as like 
well, that's fine to do as a hobby. Sure. But it's not going to get you anywhere. And I think, you know, not that everyone needs to go out and, like, start their own business or, or anything like that. But I think, like, I just love how that story illustrates in very real terms that being true to yourself and and continuing to stay creative and to use the gifts that you have and the talents that you have really, truly, not only equal dollar amounts for your family, but you know, really brought you out of that debt into financial yeah. freedom. You know, that I think so often that message is just like, yeah, yeah, it's a hobby. Um, and for you, it, sure. it definitely grew out of the hobby phase into real huge blessings, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, and in that, you know, I think it's important to say, and I think people know this, but it's important to say it was not without, I, I worked way harder than I would have if I had gotten a job. You know, but I was being not, I was being creatively fulfilled. There was something in me that needed it, that if I would have gotten a job and I would have, if we weren't profitable after a year, I would have stopped it and I would have gotten a job and I would have loved, you know, I would have in everything in life, no matter it's something you want to do or you don't want to do, you have to find your purpose in it at that time. And so I would have made it a beautiful thing, but and being able to do this thing, it's not just creative and creating these designs. There are just, it, it spirals out into all of these different creative things. I get to write on a regular basis. And it's it's Instagram posts or it's copy from my website. But it's, I love it. You know, I love being able to communicate and write. And it's, you know, making just a myriad of choices that is creative to me. And, and how our brand comes across and the things that um, you would pair our stuff with or, I mean, it just, it's, it's hard to even explain, but there's so much creativity that's not just in the designs, but the entire network of what the Jones market is. And I love it. I mean, I love running a business that is positive and fun and, you know, encouraging to women and lighthearted, but also, you know, sincere. So. Yeah. And, and, Something I love about your business on the surface that I think everybody can see if they follow you on Instagram or purchase your products, but also that I know from knowing you personally and knowing more of, of the background of how your business runs is that when you say it's empowering to women, like you mean that on both ends of the spectrum because I've, I've watched you grow to a point where you're hiring employees and I've, I've personally been there to see you work with those employees who are local women that you work with that are... You know, and they just adore you and they love working for you. And it's because you treat them so well as people. They are people to you first and then they are employees. And and I've seen you do the same thing on the other end of the spectrum with customers, that they are people to you first and then they are customers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and I think your creativity and the way that you've embraced, like, who you are and being true to that, I think that that translates into the way that you care for other people and do that creatively, but just really deeply too. Man, that means a lot because you do it, you know, but it's just who you are. And then to have somebody notice it and be like, that's cool. <laughs> it's like, it, it's meaningful. But yeah, I loved, man, I love the women that work for me so much. Well, and I just have to say here as like a little aside, because people might not know this. So the women that work for you, I knew all of them before they knew you. I, yeah. I had sort of connected them to you. And yes. so every now and then 
I'll be chatting with them and we'll be talking about you and it's all these positive, happy oh, things. So but then you and I will be talking about them and it's all these positive, happy things. Like <laughs> I don't think there's ever been like negative gossip like, oh, that Candace Jones no. or you know, like it's it's <laughs> never ever like that. Like I I can't even imagine you being a like that with anyone really. But but I think to have a boss who thinks of you that way and treats you that way and then have employees that reciprocate that. I think that really comes from living so genuinely and being so genuine with people that, you know, I mean, I guess we've strayed a little I bit. Think from I, the and I think I hit the jackpot, too. I think I Yes, you did. <laughs> they are <laughs> no, amazing. They are genuine, trustworthy, kind. I mean, I could go on. They're all wonderful. And I could not do it without them. Could not. So they mean the world. Yeah, they're and, amazing. And maybe, you know, while we're still talking about the the – the original question here was like opportunities that creativity has opened to you. Yeah. Um, you know, when you start a business, you think like, okay, I'm going to be creative in my products. I think that's sort of everyone's first thought. And then you realize, Oh, and I need to be creative in like trying to frugally buy supplies and do these other things. But now you've grown to a point where you are also learning to be creative as a manager of other people too. Yeah. Yeah. So will you maybe talk just briefly about the different roles that you've played in your own business? Oh, my goodness. Well, all of them. <laughs> well, okay, sorry. So, I mean, the, the different roles that you've played in terms of, you know, obviously you wear a lot of hats and you still sure. wear most of those hats. But but going from I'm going to be creative designing products to yeah. I'm going to be creative in, you know, which materials I give to who, when, because, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's it's balance. Like, I have to make sure I have things flowing right. I have to make sure everybody's trained correctly. I have to make sure if there's a new product that comes out that, again, there's, there's retraining. I have to make sure that there's quality control and that we check all the product. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes along with managing. But also, I mean, they are really amazing. And I think one of the things that helps the process run more smooth is that I feel like we communicate well with each other. You know, I feel like they are, they know that they can tell me things, or at least I hope they know that, and I, and I hope they know that. You know, for instance, like, Katie will help me find the pricing of, Sorry, like, I'm going to interrupt you and say, yes. Katie, your employee, not Katie, me, just yes. so that people know. Yes, so for instance, Katie, my employee, she she will help me find what, what the cost is for products that, that my employees make. She's one of my employees, and she'll tell me, you know, I think this one is about this you know, much that we should be making from it. And like, I know I can just trust her, you know, it's just like, yes. And so I don't know. So that's part of the creativity. Another thing that's a huge creative part of a business is marketing. I mean, it's just, it is, it's like almost next to designing the product. It's the, it's the next one. It's like sits parallel to it where it's marketing and, and dreaming up ways to get more eyes on what you do so that you can send it everywhere, you know, like more or less. Well, and I love to what you said in the beginning about, you know, our first question about like, what is creativity to you? And you talked about how you love having constraints, um, you know, how you love having boundaries that I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about that we're more creative when we have boundaries. And one of those things, you know, I personally have grown up as a writer and, 
I think for a long time, like in the classes that I took, technical writing sort of got this like poo-poo as like, this is the boring writing, like you're writing an instructional manual. But really with marketing and especially with all of the copy for your website, a lot of that is technical writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's super restrictive. You know, I mean, you you write a post on Instagram and it's like, okay, you have this much time to captivate somebody. You know, anyway, I I guess that's sort of just like me butting in here. But I think that that really plays to what you were talking about in the beginning about having restrictions. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I like it, you know. It, it narrows it down and it helps me to focus and really make a decision about who I'm talking to and how I want to talk to them. You know, and there's always something that goes into it. Would I actually say this? Would I actually say this out loud? <laughs> and, like, if I wouldn't, I'll admit it in the post that I wouldn't. <laughs> but otherwise, I'd probably say it out loud. <laughs> so, yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, Candace, I'd love for you to talk about you know, because you've talked about so far that you have always considered yourself to be a creative person. And I would just have to assume that there are people listening today who love hearing what you're saying, but are maybe personally feeling like, oh, I'm like, I, that's just not me. Like, I'm just not creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think whether you would consider yourself to be creative or not, everybody gets tapped out from time to time. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about what you've done in your own life to either stay connected to your creativity or or to reconnect to it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So one of the big things that has pushed me in my creativity, and I said this earlier, is desperation. So when I needed something really bad, there was there was no other way. You have to make it work. And that was the same thing. I went through art school. And so you have these deadlines that are very rigid art school is a lot harder than I think people know. And it's like, you have to get it done. And if you don't do it well, you're out. And so when I'm under that sort of pressure, you don't have the room to let yourself be blocked. And so for me, how it started out was that way. I just had to do it. But, you know, along the way, creativity will ebb and flow. And I think for me, if I'm feeling like less creative or less motivated, the first thing I do is I find someone to give to. That's like the first thing. It always comes up where I say, okay, let me go listen to somebody else's story. Let me go, I'll text a friend and I'll say like, how are things going? And then kind of dive in deeper. Well, tell me more about that. Because inevitably, you know, all all of my friends are creative. I would, I'll, everybody listening here is creative. So if, if you ask enough questions, they're going to tell you the thing that they're thinking about. And that thing has got to be creative. It always is in some way. And so then if I can say, well, what about this? And I can get inspired in their thing, it motivates me. Then it, like, comes back to me like, wow, yeah, that's really cool what they're doing. Now I want to go do something. So that's helpful. But sometimes it's as, as simple as not even that sort of giving, but giving in a different way, in a more, um, you know, normal giving sense. So it would be helping somebody, you know, physically or with you know, giving them something that they need, um, a meal, money, food, whatever it might be. And that kind of thing just takes you outside yourself. Cause I think sometimes you're just too in yourself. Um, can I say something but, about that too? Yes. About like being so much inside yourself because I think anyone with an ego and I feel like I definitely qualify, but <laughs> no, I feel like do. my ego is way bigger than like my talents justify. <laughs> um, And, but, so here's the thing, like, for me personally, and I think this happens to a lot of people, that, that, you know, 
as far as being inside yourself, I think the more alone you are, and I, I mean physically alone or just like not paying attention to other people or whatever, yeah. the more you are focused on yourself, the easier it is to, to have this creative endeavor in front of you and say, I want to do this. But so often the message is just from yourself is just, oh, but this might not turn out or people are not going to like it for this reason. And that is, there's a difference between having boundaries and having just crippling, (laughs) you know, voices saying like, this is just going to be a failure, you know. And so I love what you said about getting outside yourself, because I think anytime, especially with winter, I think it's a good physical analogy for what I think happens in my head. You know, I've been home so much lately that I'll sit and I'll check Instagram all day and I'm like, only three people have liked my picture. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's because it's been like five minutes and I have nothing better to do than like check Instagram. You know what I mean? But I think that happens to us creatively too. That then, you know, but it's like, it's starting to get nicer out. I've been out and I'm like, oh, I came back. 20 people yeah. liked my picture. Cool. Because I didn't look at it all day long, you know. Yeah. Like the watch pot never boils situation. Yes. 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 But, but, I, and I, anyway, and so all of that's sort of like a, a roundabout, like super egotistical way of saying that I think it's true that when you get outside yourself, yeah. it, maybe it doesn't open you up to that thing you're looking for, but it just opens you up in general. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I would say is the contrary to that. And it is sometimes, and I think especially women, they give too much of themselves. So it, yes, we go look outside ourselves, whatever. But there's the other side of that that's I'm giving so much to everybody else that I've not taken any time to do that sweet spot for me. And I think a lot of times we, we've forgotten what our sweet spot is. We don't even know the thing that inspires us anymore. Like it's just gone. And that has happened for me. I mean where I, I've just forgotten. I think reconnecting and, and, and going back to uh, – for me it's like what did I do as a child where I would do it and I would lose track of time. And then, and I would probably get in trouble because I lost track of time doing it. You know what I mean? And for me, reading, and and I would, and and music, and um, I'm trying to think of what else it would be. I mean, but reading for sure is one of them. I'm reading a lot more this year, and that's been awesome. So taking those times, and everybody says that take time for you, but a lot of times it's hard for you to know. Okay, am I supposed to like take a bath or light some candles? Like everybody says these things, but that's not always the same for everybody. And I think a, a good piece of information to me was okay you can't even find the thing right now what was it when you were a kid that you did that you couldn't stop doing and and that will translate into into you time into you know feeding into yourself so I would say that is a good way to find your creativity traveling if you can even if it's not far far away if it's traveling within your own city but to places you've never been before and it's just seeing areas of your city you've never seen, that's really helpful. Meeting new people, even if you have to go out of your way in a sense that it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. It's like all of those things that make you feel out of your comfort zone push you cre- creatively. It just does. When you stay in this place where you're doing the same thing every day, that's what's going to be every day. So, yeah. And that's how we met. Yes. Like- <laughs> you want to talk about that? I wasn't planning yeah, on talking talk about, about it, it yeah. but... But I feel like you gave us this, like, perfect segue. I know. So why don't you start? Because it was really, I feel like you were really, like, the instigator. I was. That stepped out of your shell. I was the creepy, the creepy instigator. No, it was not creepy. (laughs) No, no, I felt really creepy at the time. So we, 
we're at Kosai, and, and Kosai here is um, a science museum. It was a polar vortex here in Ohio, and so the brave, the brave mothers would take their kids <laughs> at, like, negative three degrees to find something to do. And so we were at Kosai. Generally, I never, you know, spoken to anybody that was a stranger there other than to be like, sorry, my kid did this or whatever. But in this particular situation, my husband came, and so he was kind of chasing the kids. And I was like, hey, I'm just standing here. So I just looked around, and I saw Katie, and she had just – you know, she had a tiny little baby Felix. I didn't know him at the time, but he was, I mean, what, a week old? Um, yeah, he was really little. I, I think actually I think he was a week old. that was my very first outing with both children by myself yes. after Felix was born. Teeny. And yeah. he was in this little bear, you know, those little bear fluffy things. Yeah. And, and he was in this little front pack and he was adorable. And Katie, and, and there's a couple of things that happened. She had, I had put like our stroller next to where her coat was. And she had been, like, come back to check on something. And I just got this feeling of, like, you needed to say something to her. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I don't even know her. I'm not going to just, like, randomly, like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> but then we were standing next to each other again, and I got the feeling again. I was like, okay. So, baby, easy way to be, like, cute baby. Like, how old is she? I think that's exactly what I said. And I then we started so. talking. Yeah. And, you know, you had started your small business and – I had been doing mine, and so we just started chatting, and I think we exchanged, like, digits. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I recall, you were, like, super legit and had a business card to hand me, and I was, like, <laughs> trying to, like, tell you verbally how to get in touch with me. Because... Well, you had just started a business as a pregnant woman and a new with a newborn. Yeah. No, like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, that's, I mean, still to me, that's one of my favorite meeting somebody stories. I love it. Well, and, and just, I guess as more of like an excuse to loosely tie this in, but it is true. You know, you, you talk about like meeting other people and whatever being, you know, pushing you creatively, you know, I think about, and I, and I don't say this in like a ego way, um, even though I just revealed like how full of myself I am, <laughs> but we know. But, you know, um, I think about some of the things that I sort of, like, positive peer pressured you into with your oh business. Oh, my gosh. Everything. Everything. And, um, and, and I don't take credit for it. Like, I totally don't take credit you for it. If anything, credit. I sort of stand on the sidelines sometimes, and I'm like, if this falls apart, it's going to be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, no, you're, you're past that. Like, I don't worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> The time we sat in my backyard and you're like, you're starting a website. You're you're gonna you're gonna get your own website. It's time. And yeah. I was just like, well, I don't really, I can't. And you're like, no, you're gonna do it. I mean, that's the only way I did anything. <laughs> I was like, well, and it was very much like reciprocal. I mean, there were a lot of things I was dealing with, like pricing issues with my business at the time, and sure. and you were definitely the one who was like, absolutely not, like <laughs> absolutely not, like double those prices, like let's take <sighs> care of this. We definitely need each other, that is for sure. Yes, and I think, <laughs> and I think too, like, you know, whatever it is that you're doing creatively, whether it's, like, computer programming or artistic work or whatever it is, I think everybody needs somebody to be able to bounce ideas off of, but also just to, like, tell you what to do sometimes because yeah. we all need that. Absolutely. Yep, and somebody that, that believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Yeah. You know, and it's brave for you that can say, like, you can. I know you can. And then you do because you're like, well, they say I can. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which, and you said already, you know, that Elizabeth did that for you in the beginning. Absolutely, yeah. And I think 
you know, I've definitely seen you do this, that you are very much surrounded by people who will do that for you. And not that, not that you've done it in like a needy way, but it's because you surround yourself with all these really good people who see you for who you are and then push you when you need it because you do the same thing for them. Like it's never a one-sided thing, but I think everybody needs that. And you know, all the better if you can have multiple somebodies that will do that for you. Yeah. Amen. Yes, for sure. Another part that I would say would help somebody that's, that is wanting to be creative, but feels maybe blocked or like they're unable to get there was, would be, I think, to take the pressure off because nothing's happening if you're putting pressure on yourself. Sometimes pressure is good. Like I said, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I'm contradicting myself, but when you have to get it done, you have to get it done and you do it. Right. But I think if you, I think what I mean by that is obviously perfectionism. So just do it. Just do it. Just put it out there and do it, you know? Um, if you're a writer, just write. Just write, you know? And it might be terrible, but just write. And eventually something's going to come out that's good, even if it takes years, you know? And I feel like if if you draw, just draw. If you sew, just sew, you know? If you um, are an actor, just act. Just whatever it is, just do it. And stop thinking about yourself so seriously. It's not a big deal. Just do it. You know, like it's not, it's not as big a deal as you think it is. Everybody's not looking at you. Nobody really even cares. If you're doing it, just do it for you and for the pleasure of doing it. And eventually something that other people like will come out. But at that point, hopefully you've learned that it doesn't even matter if they like it, you know, and, and thank God they do. And if you can make some money from it, great. But like, yeah, I feel like take the pressure off yourself. Take the perfectionism out of it. Perfect. So Supporting others in their own creativity is a big part of who you are, but sometimes it gets easy to get overwhelmed by competition or comparison. So what advice would you give for staying supportive and positive, like for other people who are maybe dealing with that competition comparison monster? Sure. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm a bad person to ask this question. I don't, I, I honestly, I know this sounds like, I get inspired by other people's success. I really do. If I see somebody succeeding, I think, oh, that means I could have that too. You know, and so I would think, I would tell people to take that mindset. Don't look at it and have this scarcity mentality where you feel like, I can't have that. They have it all. No, that's not, that's not even remotely true because you have something to bring. And so I feel like looking at it that way is helpful. Um, You know, and as far as like anybody that's in the same, you know, realm as me um I just don't look at it (laughs) you know what I mean like I just don't like on Instagram I don't follow anybody that's doing anything like me because I just feel like it's not it's not it's not that I am a you know even I guess for me it just feels like I don't ever want to be derivative I always want it to be mine and so even if I'm not meaning to be but if I'm letting those images into my head and somehow it comes out, I don't want, I'd, even if it's not even intentional, I don't even want there to be space for that. I also don't want there to be space for me to, to be, you know, upset or feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't get to that point like they did or whatever it is for somebody in my same space. I just don't even want to go there. I, you know, it, as far as like, since we do tuggable, baby friendly, non-toxic necklaces, 
I feel really confident in what we do. And, and, you know, since we started in 2011, there's been tons of them popping up. I mean, it wasn't until I feel like it was probably about 2013 when I started to see it happen. You know, like when we had hit our growth spurt and so we had some more notoriety and then I saw that whole industry start to pop up. You know, so now there's like the silicone ones and there's like there's all these different types. And so I don't feel I don't even feel like, oh. I'm upset. I'm not upset about it. I just don't want to be derivative of them. I want to support them and what they're doing, but I, um, I don't want to take anything from them. So I just want to take from myself and from true inspiration, you know, true life inspiration. Well, and because when you say, like when you said at the beginning of, of sort of this part that you, when you see other people being successful and you think, yeah, I could have that, you are not talking about, oh, I see what they're doing. I'm going to copy that. No, no. You're talking about being inspired by other people's success. Yes, not at all. Like, now I'm going to do that same t-shirt design. Or now I'm going to open up a business selling that pacifier clip exactly the same thing. Because that's a really toxic, I mean, like, just my experience in the small business world and in creativity, you know, stealing people's work maliciously is really toxic to the creative process. Yeah, for sure. And that's sadly happened a ton to me but I have to say that every single time it's happened and it's been it's the you know the first few times were really devastating and now I really don't feel phased by it because and I almost wish it phased me a little bit more because every time it would happen and it would hurt so bad you know I would be working these insane hours putting myself through just (laughs) this work schedule to keep up and to push forward that was not human and then to see somebody just take all of that and say, I'm not going to do that work. I'm just going to put, you know, do take all those hours and boil it down and copy exactly what you did. That was so hard. But now, and so anyway, what I learned to do in those situations is to take all the energy and like do something new, you know, instead of letting, and it, and it would weigh me down, but it, then I learned to do that. And so now that it doesn't really bother me anymore, that I, you know, I don't even see it or think about it. It's like, oh, I kind of almost wish I had that energy you know that like I'm gonna make something new but I now it's like you know there's such a clear mind about it that the new stuff that's coming out there's still I just have tons of ideas I feel like that's fine just gonna keep doing me you know along with that how is it that you feel you best support others because you know and and I guess sort of I mean that as a two-part question you know just supporting others around you in general, but also you do a lot of collaborative work with other businesses. Sure, yeah. And I think to do that, you have to be a genuinely supportive person. Um, Yeah. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I would say the way that I like to support people is that I'm only going to talk about something that I really like, that I sincerely, truly like, that I would would buy for a friend or for myself or use. And so um, anytime that you see me, like, work with a business, it's somebody that I really like. And honestly... 95% 95% of the time, I bought it with my own money. <laughs> like, can I just, can I just like, <laughs> insert and say here, too, that, like, as your personal friend, like, I know you actually use that stuff yeah, that you post about, and, and like, it cracks me up, because sometimes I'll be like, oh, what is that face wash Candace really likes? Like, I know it must be really good, because Candace likes it, and she, like, posted about it, and I know they're not, like, sending her that stuff for free. I mean, sometimes people do send you stuff for free, but... 
really even in those cases like you love that stuff and I know because I yeah. go over to your house and you're like look at this stuff like I love this stuff <laughs> yes. you know like and I yeah the only way that I would I would post about it is if I love it and the only way that that happens that it gets sent to me for free is you know if they've reached out to me and said like can I just send this to you and most of the time I'll say yeah let me send you something too you know I don't we're all trying to make it and it's hard to be able I guess when I buy it, it's like, because I want to support you. I want you to keep your business going. And so I'm going to tell everybody about it. So you never go out of business because I need this face wash. Okay. And then as a follow-up to that, what are some things that you do to support and foster creativity in your own children? Oh yeah. So gosh, for my own kids, they really kind of bring it out themselves. You know, they, especially my son, he gets so interested in specific things. Um, one example I have is that he's like, he goes in and out of things he's really interested in. Sometimes it's space. So we'll learn about all the planets. We learned about why we have daytime and nighttime, why we have summer and winter and, you know, the planet moving, all that stuff. And um, one of the things was I played like Dave Matthews being satellite, you know, but like, it, it, it's like, I feel like if you can just draw on even like your nineties music, and play it, and we just danced around the room, and then we talked about planets, um, and then we, you know, drew stuff, and so I feel like they just know that they're allowed to do that. Even something as silly as mom playing, like, a silly song from her past, it's allowed. You're allowed to do it, and um, you can have fun with it, and so I feel like that we have all sorts of just things for them to do. I mean, we have a you know, kinetic sand and Play-Doh, like all of that stuff. And I know it's like the normal stuff you have for kids, but I think mostly I don't complain about a mess. Like they just make messes and I, and I'm very, I'm really okay with it. Um, and I think it's because every mess can be cleaned up and every mess can lead somewhere. And I, I love that. I love that about seeing them learn and be creative. And with my daughter, she's more just into like, she's really socially creative. And so with my son, he draws and he creates and he builds with my daughter. She dresses up and she, she plays with babies, but socially she's just so creative in the way that she can make people laugh in the way that she can study people and know how to behave around them or understand who they are. Um, she picks up on emotions really well. And I just find that very creative and I like to foster it in the sense where I encourage it in her, um, or, you know, I just, I, I, I compliment her on it. Um, I talk about them in front of them, you know, I make sure they hear me telling other people the things that I love about them. So I, I feel like that fosters creativity for sure. And then just like taking them as many places as I can in the city that, you know, places that we can get to, um, and, and as we're able to travel more, hopefully that will be awesome. Um, and then also just at his preschool, there's so many different cultures at his preschool and so many different people that he's meeting. And I feel like that's so cool, you know, and that's so, gosh, I just, it, it's everything that I do for myself, but like in miniature form. <laughs> so, yeah. So as you were talking about that, I was thinking to, you know, I've known this about you for a long time, that one of your gifts is that you are very good at, at seeing somebody and knowing them and knowing what their gifts are. You know, like mm. you were just talking about with your son and your daughter, you know, this is 
this is my son, this is who he is, this is what he's gifted at. And the same thing with your daughter. And, and I've and I've had you do that for me, and it's so empowering mm-hmm. to be able to, to get that message. But I think, you know, for me, I think we all know our kids better than other people because we're their parents. Um, sure. But, like, is there any advice you would give? Because I feel like that is not my gift, like, to just know someone so well. And I feel like even with my kids, sometimes, like, I guess that I personally have been so inspired just by watching you parent your children like I feel like you're much more in tune with them like you know that sometimes I'm like yeah yeah go watch your show so I can sit here and do whatever else I want to do but you're very involved with your kids and like what advice would you give not not even necessarily for parenting but for people who want to be more in tune with the people around them and just give to that like like what Mm -hmm. advice would you give Okay, so this is a really good piece of advice that I learned my first year of marriage, and it is how to listen. What I learned is that I interrupted my husband all of the time. He would be getting thought out, and I would be like, yeah, because, and he would just get, and, and for a while, he was quiet about it, like kind of brewing in the anger of being interrupted all the time, and finally, he was just like, you interrupt me all of the time. Like, you just finish my thoughts for me. And I was like, you're right. And so I almost had to mature into a grown-up who could listen and not just hear, but listen to what people were saying. And it's been the greatest gift, you know? And I I don't, I mean, now I think I'm able to talk to people, but I would much prefer, as much as I have talked today, I would much prefer to listen. I would much prefer to hear about you and hear about what's going on with you because there's so much to gain in that. And so I've learned to just, like, be quiet and to know when to ask questions and to know the right questions to ask to draw people out. Um, And it has nothing to do with anything else but just being interested, like genuinely interested. And I know people don't like small talk. So many people I've heard literally get annoyed with small talk, but it's through the small talk that you can get those seeds into something more meaningful. And you, you can't just start right into the deep combo. I mean, people are offended by that or hurt or it's too vulnerable, but if you can start there and then start asking more questions and, and share a part of yourself so they, they know they're not alone, you know, I feel like that has been a huge gift to me and it's helped me a ton to be able to really see people and hear them. And it's easy then when you listen to people to be able to tell them why they are important and what they have inside of them. It's really easy because humans are incredible you know we have so much in us to give and it's easy to see it honestly if you just start asking questions um that that is amazing advice and I think if no one ever listens to this podcast and it's just like (laughs) you telling that to me I'm having this like big aha moment like like maybe maybe my husband has been brewing about that for longer than your husband I, I just I'm just having that thought um husbands they teach us so much (laughs) yes yes you know and with my kids like just listening to you talk about that I'm thinking like yeah I totally do that I totally interrupt my kids and finish their thoughts for them all the time and I think you know as an impatient person that I am it's really easy to be like just spit it out like let's yeah let's just I I get there sometimes let's just get through this and and anyway that was I'm going to chew on that for a long time. Yeah. 
practice it. I mean, it's really something that you literally practice and get better and better and better at. And it, and you know, I mean, it's biblical too. I mean, if you, it's the thing, it's like a proverb. I'm sure. I can't like I don't know it offhand, but about being wise and just hearing stuff and keeping, you know, not chattering on like I've chattered on this whole time. Yeah, well, this is different. <laughs> I've asked you to come here and, and share all your wisdom and experiences. That's a little different than, like, me interrupting people all the time. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay, so with you talking about Drew, that's actually a great segue into one of the last questions I want to ask you tonight. Yeah. Which is um about this big endeavor, this adventure that your family is about to embark on. Um, so let me give, let me give like a little bit of backstory here and then I'm going to have you really tell us about it. So you and your husband Drew are both, I mean, deeply creative and extremely talented people. And you recently announced on your company Instagram that, well, that your family is going to, I'll let you tell them, but that your family's going to be embarking on this new adventure in the coming months. Um, so will you tell us, maybe give us a little bit of background into Drew and, yeah, sure. and what's going on and your husband Drew, and then um, what what played into this decision and what made you feel like you could go for it? Yeah, so my husband's an art teacher. He's been teaching art to elementary school kids for a decade, a full 10 years, and he's great at it. He's really, really good at it. Um, not only at the art side of it, he's really deep. He's very creative. He um, has been a huge source of inspiration for me. He's an incredible painter. I've never met anybody that's seen his stuff that hasn't been like, I need one of those in my home yesterday. <laughs> They're serene and thought-provoking and just beautiful. Um, in addition, I mean, he just he – just, does so much. Right now he's doing his, uh, he, he started a business in October, um, kind of like a side hustle. It's called Brock Road. And he's doing leather stuff. And since I've known him, I mean, we, I've known him since 2005. And he's been doing leather since then. But he's really gotten serious about it. And he's doing great with it. So anyway, all that to say, it was this fall, early on this fall, <clears throat> I was just overwhelmed. I mean, I've been working cr- crazy hours for years and years. So basically my hours fit into after my kids go to bed until wee morning hours and weekends. And I was just at a place where it was like, I can't, I can't physically do it anymore. You know, my health was breaking down and had been for a while and I knew we were at a crossroads. And so I remember standing in our kitchen and I had been thinking about asking him to leave his job for probably a couple weeks at that point. You know, it kind of comes in and you're like, well... Let's just see what plays out. So anyway, I, I was just very ill, and, and I remember thinking, like, I, I, something has to change. So we were standing in the kitchen, and I said, you know, what about if if you quit? And I worked full-time, like, during daylight hours. And he was just like, really? And I, and I knew I knew he would be excited about it, but I, I also wanted to make sure it was something that could be a serious thing without, like, saying it, you know. So anyway, we thought about it and we talked about it for a really long time and just decided, you know, then we went over our budget and, and it's a risk, you know. It's one of those things where, yes, you know, based on last year's numbers, yes, we can do this, but you don't know what next year's numbers are and you don't, there's no predicting when you have a small business and you're running it 
you will do the best you can and some things you cannot change or some things happen. And so there's, you know, risk involved, but we both decided in talking about it that even if we, you know, go back into debt or we lose our entire savings or whatever, that we live one time. And, you know, he wants to be able to go and see Wesley's school performances and he wants to be able to see them off to school. He wants to be able to do all the things that I do every day that I love doing. He's not gotten to do that yet. And he's really involved. He loves that stuff. He loves being in their lives. And so he wants a chance at that, you know, and, and I, and I want a chance at seeing if I can do this even more, even better, even farther. And the only way I can do that is if I'm all in, you know? And so we decided to do it and it's been, it's been scary, but honestly, anytime that I felt scared about it, or I felt like this is crazy, the overwhelming sense I have is, but you have to do it. Because if I don't do it, I will always wonder. And if I do it and I fail, then I fail. It's still not a failure to me because whatever, you learn from everything. You know, I'll take whatever lesson that is and I'll apply it to the next thing, the next, you know, journey. So we're going to do it. We're going to try it. And, you know, this dream has led to even more dreams. So more to come, I think, hopefully, if things keep going well. So that's it. And he's going to be able to do kind of my schedule for Brock Road. So he'll be doing kind of nights and weekend style. Um, so, you know, I think it's been good for him to see that it's possible. And for me, it was good to see that it was possible to be creative and, and make money because he, he did really well painting. I mean, he had galleries and he's still, I mean, if he was still painting, they would be selling. So. Yeah, it was really inspiring to see him do that. Well, and something that I hope our listeners have picked up on through the course of this whole interview that I think you haven't come out and said, but you have just been an example of over and over again with every single story you've told is that, you know, you said in the beginning, being creative is about the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what you just said just testifies to that in a very real way that being creative is looking at your life situation and saying, I like Drew wants to be home with the kids. I want him home and I want to be able to try this. Like how, how can we creatively look at this situation and -hmm. make that a reality? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we're trying our best, you know, and, and I feel like that's applicable to anybody, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody that's running a small business. You being creative is looking at your life situation and saying, how do I make this something beautiful? You know, I, because even when we were living in a house across the street from, like, you know, heroin addicts with, like, shootings at the park across the street, I mean, it it was still beautiful. And not that part. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at it and say, woe is me. This is awful. I looked at it and said, this is where we're at right now. We're going to be the safest we can be. We're going to do the best we can to make our, the inside of this home beautiful. And we're gonna, we're gonna do our best to get out of this situation. And that's going to be a beautiful journey. And I feel like that's the only way to do it for me. Anyway, I don't, I wouldn't know any other way to say, you know, to have it stop me there. And I think kids do that for me. Kids have done that because I, I I think of myself pre kids and I think I, I maybe would have quit a little sooner. (laughs) You know, I really do. I think that it was one of those things where they need me. And I want to be an example for them. I want both my son and my daughter to look at me 
and a woman, you know, and know that women can have creative careers or careers in general and, and go after their dreams. And I think that by the time he's older, that's just going to be like old hat. It feels old hat to me right now. It feels like not even an issue anymore to me. Like this is, this is the way it is, but I just want them to see it real in their lives. You know, I want them, if their dad wants to be around and taking care of them, that mom can do the other part, you know? So yeah, it's exciting and scary and all the things moving into this next place yeah yeah I love it I mean and it kind of reminds me too of what you're saying in the beginning about like moving furniture around yeah you know because really like I think family roles are so important and there's part of that for me that that those roles have divine qualities Mm -hmm. that are just innate and and I think you taking on more work responsibilities and Drew having more time at home doesn't change those things at all. No, it doesn't feel like that. Like, I feel no sense of sadness about it because it doesn't change it. No, it doesn't change it. It's really just, you know, in this whole broad realm of talking about creativity today, it's just being able to look at that situation and say, like, this is the furniture. This is, these are the pieces of our family. Yeah. They're all still going to be here, but we're going to move them around in a way that's more comfortable for us and in a way that, like, makes more sense to us. Right now, in this time. Right now. And I think that that so many times, you know, all of us do this, that we're standing there in the room, figuratively, whatever, and we're saying, I don't like the way this feels. And I think so often we forget that we can change that, that we have the power to push that furniture around. We have the power to move things and yeah. and think, well you know, is this possible? Is it possible to do this? And, and I think really that is what you were saying in the beginning, that that's what creativity is, is just living your life in such a way that you're open. Yeah, I to agree. The and, and look, there's sacrifice to it. You know, it's not, we're going to have half the income next year that we had this year, but it didn't feel right this way. It, it felt like something needed to change. And so, you know, it's changing. And so I feel like I don't want to give false hope that, like, you change something and there's no sacrifice or there's no, um, you know what I mean, like, pain or hurt to it. I feel like there is, or or learning, you know what I mean, learning to, like, this new way that's different. But I think um, you can't let that stand in the way if you know that it's right. If you know something is right, you do it, you know, and and we knew it. We knew this was right. And, And even though every, you know, part of you that's, in your head wants to say like, well, it's probably better just to have two incomes. (laughs) Like we knew in our guts that it was the right thing to do. So we're just going to try it, you know, and see how it goes. I love that. You know, and I think so often, you know, we think of sacrifice as just being this hard thing, but I think most of the time, really all the time that we're sacrificing for something that we know in our heart is right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe we have less money or maybe we ha- have less stuff when we make those sacrifices. But the blessings, on the other hand, are so rich that it's just like mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter. You it's know? peace yes. at the end of the day. It ends up being peace. There's not that static in you saying, this isn't right. I can't settle down. It becomes, well, then find out why there's static. Change it. If there's sacrifice, you're sacrificing to have peace. 
you know. And so it's worth it. Who cares about the stuff or the money or whatever it is you're giving up because now you have peace. And I feel like that's way worth it. And I feel like we feel that towards this next step. As exciting or even scary as it can be, there's peace about it. And that's everything. That's the only reason we would have done it, you know. I love that. I think that's so true. And and peace, you know, to know that you're doing what you feel is right and what you feel is best. And I think it's also just got to be, you know, in, in your specific situation, it's got to be exciting to think about having your husband home all the time. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm so great. excited for you guys. I can't, I mean, you know, we're used to having summers, but there's definitely an end point and there's definitely, it's just, you know, the fact that he's going to leave work and then it's like, and be here. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. That is awesome. Well, I'm so excited for you. I mean, personally, I just feel like things are going to be awesome and work out, and yeah. I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. I'm excited to watch how it all unfolds. Uh, well, if it unfolds poorly, <laughs> I don't think it will. We'll just but take this learn- episode down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just kidding. Either way, we we told each other, we're like, no matter what happens, we are going to have we're going to enjoy the journey no matter what happens. So that's what we're going to strive for. <laughs> well, and I have complete confidence that however it unfolds, you guys will deal with it in a way that, that will still be a good example to everybody. So Yeah, that's, that's, that's it right there, right? That's the hope, yeah. This has been good. Awesome. Okay, well, can I ask you one more closing question, Candice? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what would you say you want the take-home message to be for for people who have listened today what do you hope they go home just like knowing and feeling and what would that be there was this one point when you're talking where you said oh people at home saying oh I'm not creative whatever and I had this image in my head of like I just want to like take them by the cheeks and look in their eyes and say no that's not true that's like it's just not even it's not true And, like, I could see myself looking into that person's eyes. So I just, if you're out there and you're saying that, like, I'm here being creepy and putting my hands on your face and saying that's not true. You you are creative. But just stop thinking about it in terms of art or, you know, whatever, being an artisan or whatever. It, It doesn't, creativity is the way that you treat others. It's the way that you move throughout your life. And, and I honestly think if you start opening yourself up to it, there's something creative that's going to come out of you and it, it might surprise you. And so I just feel like don't put on pressure to yourself that it has to be like 2016 is my year or this is the month I'm going to be creative, but just be open to it and start to take those little steps, take those little steps to say like, I am creative. Why? Because I was created. End point. You can't not, you were, you are a created person. And so you are creative. You just have it in you. And that's how I, I just think that's true. I mean, we weren't, I feel like that when you, when you would come home, like say your day job and you come home every day and I don't know if you feel a sense of like, what, what else am I supposed to be doing? Like what's going on here? Cause in the times when I've not been creative in my life, I've definitely felt that way. And I've thought that way. That means that there's creativity in you that wants to come out, is what I would say. And you need to go on a journey to find that. And what does that mean? Take yourself out. Like, all the stuff I said, take yourself out of your normal routine, meet new people, ask questions, listen, try new things, travel, 
see life differently because it's in you. That's what I would say. That's perfect. Candace, thank you so much for your time yes. and for sharing all your experiences and your wisdom. Uh, it was so fun. Let's do it again. Yes. <laughs> yes. We. Do. I think we might need to have like a follow up. In like, People are like, that was really long, and I'm really sick of hearing that girl's voice. <laughs> no, no, I think we're gonna have to have a follow up, and you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like bring you back with Drew. Oh yeah. And make you guys tell us how it's going. I think. Seriously, you should just interview him by himself. He's very wise. Oh, himself. I love Drew. He just, and I love all your snaps of him. Like <laughs> those were great today, weren't they? All of all of the secret snaps. He's so good natured about it. I would probably be so mad if he did that to me and he's like laughing and running. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably be Drew, like, Stop. <laughs> I love seeing Drew not want to be on Snapchat. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's the <laughs> highlight. <laughs> okay, well thank you so so much. I just really appreciate it and thank you. Yeah, absolutely my pleasure. I hope I hope we can do it again sometime. Okay. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Katie Lewis Studio Podcast. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Katie Lewis Studio or email me directly at katielewisstudio at gmail.com. This podcast is not for profit and is always produced and shared free of charge. I'm Katie Lewis, and I've been your host. Big thanks to my husband, Brian Lewis, for editing this episode. Hope you have a great day. Bloop, bloop. (laughs)